So I'm sitting there on Sunday morning uh, putting together the Super Rugby Wrap, which is on Monday nights on Fox Sports. Tune in uh, for all the highlights of the round of Super Rugby. And the Hugwaras are playing the Hurricanes. Penalty is blown. Rasta Rashavenga, the referee, blows his whistle. What happens next about 65 metres out, Sam Worthington? Jordy Barrett goes bang. Yeah, I was a bit down in the dumps uh, with my Hurricanes after round one. Basically gave them no chance whatsoever over there in BA. But, yeah, that set the tone for a really good Canes performance. Barrett from 63. They reckon it's a New Zealand super rugby record, maybe beating the great Dan Carter um, from back in the day. I think we've seen a bit further than that, haven't we, over in the Republic on the high belt, but it was a, still a fair nudge. It's at sea level, Buenos Aires, if I'm not mistaken. Are you once again name-dropping the fact that you've been to Argentina? <laughs> yeah, I've been to Argentina. <laughs> we heard Christy it all last Doran. year. I have been. Um, <laughs> however, yeah, look, it's, it's at sea level. So, look, 65 metres is a fair whack of the football off the tee. What do you reckon that high belt's worth? It's, it's about 10 metres, isn't it, they, they say, for a good, a good striker, a yeah. Mornay stain or someone? When I used to play uh, on the hill at Crosby Park <laughs> uh, for brothers, you know, you could, you could hit it from a fair whack, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's in Brisbane. Um, so that's not really altitude. But, yeah, I, I would say it's an extra 10, 15 metres at least. And and it's sailed over the upper, over the crossbar rather. By a good couple of metres. Yeah. I think the uh, the commentators were sort of questioning the decision slightly, uh, whether he'd have the distance, but he had it and then some. So, yeah, good good to see. People are bagging it, saying that, uh, you know, the penalty should only be worth two points. I saw on Facebook. I mean, that's that's a unique and great part of the game if you've got someone with a monster boot like that. If we're talking another code, that is definitely a three-pointer. <laughs> from outside the arc. 100%. That is from outside from the arc. Downtown. What about you, Christy Doran? What did you like from the weekend? What wins your Oscar Academy Award for the weekend? Oscar Monday or yeah. Sunday over there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in, the, in the States, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, what really impressed me was that the Queensland Reds' fight particularly in the second half when you lose a couple of guys, a couple of your front rowers. Um, I thought J.P. Smith was outstanding. And Taniella Tupo, you might have copped a yellow card and, and sat out for 10 minutes either side of half time, but he, he was brilliant. Um, I, I just think that, just speaking to Sam moments before uh, coming on the pod, Taniella, I, I reckon you can't, there's a bit of talk about who could be the next Wallabies captain. And maybe we'll talk about it wow. later on. If Michael Hold on. Really? If if no, 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 hang on. No. If Michael Hooper's not um the Wallabies captain for twenty twenty or going forward, and, and maybe they'll do a co captain kind of situation. But Alan Alatoa is one person that I'd spoken a bit about. Yeah. I don't think you can have him as your captain because I think Taniella Tupo could be the world's best prop in a couple of years' time and, and needs to, to get into that number three jersey soon. Now I see where you were going with that. That's a really <laughs> good point. <laughs> you are going to say Nella next Wallaby's captain, which I think he could very well do. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. Rightio. Yeah, no, 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 but he's, he is um, a quality tight head. Like, he's amazing. That was good. Let's stay with the Reds. What did you think of that performance just in general up there in uh, Joburg? Yeah, look, uh, I think, Christy, you wrote the match report for us on, on the website and the, uh, it sums it up, an enormous amount of courage and, and guts and all those things that Brad Thorne has worked so hard to implement with, with the Reds. But unfortunately, you guys are both Reds fans. They didn't didn't probably get the rub of the green, but, it, it, you know, this year was supposed to be the year they make that leap from sort of um, gutsy, honourable defeats to actually, um, you know, posting posting wins in games like that. So, yeah, look, it was an... To be fair to Liam Wright, that's exactly what he said. He, I'm yeah. sick of coming to you guys, I the commentators post game. They've got a no excuse culture there, which is great. You know, I yeah. think I think that tide will turn in time, but but it, it still is quite an, an experienced team, isn't it? And just a, maybe a little bit of those those game management things. It was, uh, interesting talking point leading into the game with O'Connor taking over at over at ten. But I guess if they play that well, that they will win quite a few games, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you guys about O'Connor at ten. Um, success, failure. Uh, when Lucas came on late, did. He do anything differently? What do you, what do you thought? The, the first thing on that, whether or not it was a success or not, Isaac Lucas, what the heck is he doing coming on only with a few minutes left in the game? This is one of the blokes who's a genuine game-breaker and you're bringing him on with five, six, seven minutes to go. It, it, it dumbfounds me each and every year we've got Australian coaches that aren't using their bench properly. It was so obvious that Bryce Hegarty was probably, I think, struggling a little bit towards the back end of the game, fitness-wise, more than anything. Uh, Isaac Lucas is, I think, a 15, not a 10 at, the, at this present moment. Reminds me of Damian McKenzie. 
And 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 although that I think he'll probably end up in the 10 jersey, I, I was just surprised by that. O'Connor did all right. There's no doubt about it. He didn't do anything wrong. Kicking game on the whole was okay by the Reds. Um, passing game was pretty good. Hamish Stewart was great in the 12 jersey. Defensively, he was outstanding, and that's the reason why he's found himself in the 12 jersey. It was a, it was a, it was it's a decision that's worth sticking with for a little while anyway with O'Connor. Um, there's no doubt he brings a lot of composure and, and poise to that 10 jersey. Yeah, I just question why why they did make that change after round one. I mean, fair enough if, you, if O'Connor's the guy, but I just don't understand the logic of, of switching it up. Lucas, you know, didn't have a shocker by any means in round one. Threw round a couple one. of brilliant balls. Yeah, I agree. Fullback probably is his best uh, position, but just that sort of muddled selection thinking. We saw, obviously, so much of it with Michael Checker at the at the World Cup. It all came to a head. Um, it's such a crucial position. Um, we'll get to the Waratahs later, but at least they've, they've so far backed uh, Harrison to start those two games, and I do think you have to, you know, give it, give it a little bit of a chance to the, to these youngsters if you're going to pick them one week, yeah. Well, speaking of the youngsters, one guy who did stick his hand up for the Reds, once again, Harry Wilson at number eight. Thought he played a terrific game again. Again, a couple of little mistakes, which he's just got to get out the, of his game. At the scrum, particularly, there was a couple of times where I think it was even J.P. Smith was blowing up at him. Um, for not being able to control the ball at the back of the scrum there. But he needs that. He needs yeah. that as a young bloke. He needs yeah. someone who's with a bit of seniority like like J.P. Smith to, to say that to him. And, and to his credit, like he probably was denied a try. Like I, th- I think, I don't know about you, I think that looked like a try. It... it I think the TMO. There's no doubt that the, the directors in South Africa have been a little bit. <laughs> well, but the TMOs have their the TMOs have their own um, technology to view that. Yeah. So you wouldn't give uh, the South Africans the Oscar for best <laughs> best director. <laughs> <laughs> not not yet anyway. Not not from what I've seen in the first couple of rounds. TMOs have the autonomy. They've got the technology to uh, make that decision themselves. So I think the decision had been made. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit short anyway. So I, I, I wasn't too fussed by that. I, think they, I thought it was a try. They, they, <laughs> scored, they scored a minute or two later anyway with Tate McDermott jumping or diving over at the end there. What, what, what Red supporters want to see is fight. They showed a lot of it. Clearly they need to start turning it around and getting a couple of wins. But a couple of losing bonus points... Not the worst start in the world. They've got the Haguaras next week uh, over there in Buenos Aires. doesn't get any easier. No, no, it doesn't. Um, and the Hurricanes haven't done them any favours either by, by knocking them over there. So that, you know, they'll be very, very hungry Haguaras over there. And, um, yeah, I think the Reds will be up against it, unfortunately. So it's look around the Australian landscape. It's uh, the Brumbies, the only Aussie team to to have posted a W. Um, like, uh, have they already got sort of one hand on the Aussie conference? I know that's very, very early, but but it's hard to see anyone actually going past them from here, isn't it? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the Brumbies. My my uh, Academy Award for the weekend, <laughs> um, just just for the record, was uh, Noah Lolisio. Once again, uh, composed performance um, through a beautiful out of the back of the hand uh, offload for a try. Yeah, set up Tom another Bates. one off the boot. Um, the drop goal, which was just awesome. Like, well, how how often have you seen that from any fly half, let alone a a twenty year old who just sits in the pocket, knows when to just line up and slot it. Um, and, and keep the pressure on, keep scoreboard pressure on the opposition. I thought it was such a composed performance from Noah Lodiceo. Surprising in many ways, wasn't it? I was, I was down there and I think everyone was a bit, like you just said, surprised by the fact that, um, th- that he got back in the pocket, but it was brilliant. But that ball early on to Tom Banks was great. I love the fact that you've got a 10, and we've seen it with Will Harrison as well, running to the line. You need that. They've all got a bit of spark about them. But since about the 25-minute mark in the first round, Lollasio has been brilliant. I don't think we should be putting too much pressure on him. And there's a difference between talking a guy up and 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 saying that he's well of his potential and, uh, and, and you know, blowing things out of proportion. He's he's a guy that's really taken his first couple of weeks and, and, and jerseys uh, really, really well. Yeah, it's it's the mentality that you love, isn't it? He clearly, um, mentally, he, he, he's up to it um, in, in such a demanding position. He'll have some some challenges and some setbacks along his uh, career. But, yeah, one man who was very surprised by that drop goal was Dan McCall. I don't think he was too happy about it. Him and, him and Laurie <laughs> Fisher were, were scratching their heads. They obviously wanted to see it go up the up the jumper and, um, and, and grind away on the line there. But, yeah, they, they've, they've got a pretty special talent there. Like, it helps, obviously, that he's got a good forward pack to 
to work behind, but clearly at 20 years of, uh, of age, he, he's a bright light and what was, um, let's face it, an, another regionally challenging weekend for Australian rugby. Ira Simone, another one who's doing really well. Uh, I know the commentators, Phil Kearns and, and Clarkie, were talking about and giving him quite a rap, but he's got a good body and good frame to him at, at 12. Um, and and he started it off by stepping off his left boot and, and, and scoring that opener on the weekend. Yeah, he's, he's got a multifaceted game too. I mean, I've seen a lot of Ira Simone back in club rugby as well, playing for the Shoot Shield. Won Rookie of the Year a few years ago in um, for Norths. And he's developed a bit of a kicking game as well as... Or he's always had a really good kicking game, but he's developed this passing game, kicking game. Uh, and, and, you know, that try that he scored, he kept the ball in hand as well. Um, it's, it's a nice little combination they're starting to build down there in Canberra. Can they be caught? I know it's only round two. Throw my arms up in the air. It's only round two. But this is a pretty good start to the Aussie conference for the Brumbies. Yeah, 100%. And I guess they have had the advantage of, of home advantage to, to start the season, which is nice for them. And, yeah, and, that's true. That's and, a really good point. And the Highlanders coming up uh, this week. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be backing them, I think, to um, to, to beat the Highlanders. I'm on top of our tipping comp at the moment, which Christy's not, not happy about. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give away a little uh, a little surprise there. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think we will see um, anyone come over the top of the Brumbies because the rest of the team's pretty intact. The big question was number 10. But I think uh, Lola Sio's, yeah, only going to get better better no one's catching him oh it's called it's two weeks in no, no I, they, and, and the reason why i say that the, the what about the sun wolves they're unbeaten in the aussie yeah, that's right they are too. Uh, good yeah we'll see we'll see for how how much longer moon dogs gonna just be howling at home good to see the they're going back to the prince chuchibu stadium in, in yep. tokyo uh shortly but um their front row the depth that they've got there is is so important they've got a couple of young locks but the depth in the in the back row too, and and it's almost a complete side. I reckon they, they've um, they've got they're well balanced. And you look even in the back line, Liam Wright, the pace that he's showing out wide and at the stepping ability. It's great to see someone who can get a chance and and finish it because that always hasn't been the case. They've got a, a Solomon Akata, something a bit different, a bit, a bit of strength and um, low center of gravity. And then you've got Tavita Kirandrani, who's Probably now they're, they're well, he and, and Jordi Pitar are going to be really battling it out for that Wallabies 13 jersey. Um, for Lau Fanga, he just keeps scoring tries. Like he's going to be, he's, he could be top of the, uh, he could be top of the try scoring all time list by the end of his <laughs> career if he keeps the the try scoring rate up. And that that beats Israel Folau, not Israel Folau off as well, which would be pretty interesting. Oh, I'm backing TJ the new to do Falau. that. But yeah, the new Folau, Fanga, he is he is absolutely killing it. Well, he had to do a bit of work for this one as well. It wasn't wasn't just the uh, the boot of the mall. There was a yeah, a bit of a, a nice set play uh, and, and run down the sideline. So yeah, the hands from Alan Alatoa for two weeks in a row have been brilliant. I know that I gave Taniella a huge rap beforehand, but, <laughs> but... Make up your mind. But, but no, no, it, it is, it's great news for Australian rugby that you've got two genuinely world-class tight heads going at it. Yeah, and uh, you touched on the wingers before. Um, you, you've got to look at those guys as being really clever pickups, both from Rugby League, Tom Wright and Solomon Akata, to, to add the, the both very different players. But uh, Wright, he... We weren't sure what position was going to be his best position, but it looks like he's really found a home on the wing there. He is a natural finisher. And, and yeah, the, between the two of them, and Simone, who you mentioned before, like the, the Brumbies... Um, just when when ha- you've haven't got Tony Puller, who can't even make it in, in, in the squad. Lockie McCaffrey, we haven't seen much of yet. They've got, they've got that depth. But yeah, you have, to, you have to look at a guy like Simone and that player development. that The Waratahs had him there. We knew he was a, a great talent from Club Rugby NRC. They weren't able to, to get the best out of him. He goes down to the Brumbies and, and as you say, just sort of rounding out his, his skills sets um they're clearly uh, i think um you know the, the best run club in australia at the moment that's uh, that there's no doubt about that one of the reasons before we move off the brumbies one of the reasons for that totally laurie fisher uh, i know mckellar dan mckellar's doing a great job but it was interesting that matt williams former tars coach going back quite a while now but um he came out on twitter just earlier today and said that you know, through his weight behind Lord Laurie Fisher being the Australian Wallabies coach, uh, forwards coach, saying that he has to be, that he's given his whole life to Australian rugby, 
fair, fair play. But technically, uh, the Brumbies are brilliant. Mm. I know that he's only doing really breakdown and um, and tackle work with the with the Brumbies. They've got um, well, that's an area they've got Rory that needs improvement everywhere. Well, right? totally, yeah. totally. But they've got Rory Murphy down there who's doing the scrum um, and more of the line out. Dan McKellar's looking at a couple of aspects of obviously overseeing that all. But they just look like a really well coached side. Just on that uh, on that Falafanga try as well, isn't it nice to see a bit of inventiveness, a bit of creative um, thinking around, you know, that, that was straight out of it. And I think actually Falafanga said it in the post game as well. They uh, had reviewed a bit of the tape and seen... Yeah, he did. They had, Alan well, Alan it was Alan, yeah, yeah. They'd reviewed a bit of the tape, they'd seen that and, and they'd identified that that was an area they could have uh, exploited a weakness and they executed it. So seeing a bit of creative thinking all the way through to fruition in Australian rugby is a lovely thing to see at the moment, particularly at the moment when, you know, there's been a lot of criticism around Australian rugby. Yeah, and we saw actually a couple of years ago, I think it was the semi-final against the Lions, the Waratahs did it and Tommy Robinson might have ended up scoring um, over in Joburg. I think they lost the game, but that was a that was a great piece of work by the Tars and Simon Cron playing that short side off, off, a, off, a, off a line out. So you're right. We don't see enough of it. Uh, we see a few balls over the top, but but not too many of those. Team that they played on uh, on Friday night, the Rebels. Uh, look, it's it's not really good stuff to talk about out of there at the moment, is there? Yeah, look, I mean, we'll start with, I guess, the one sort of positive was I was sitting there watching it thinking, OK, the wheels may really fall off here and, and that this is going to be huge pressure on, on Dave Vessels. At least they um, they rebounded from that horror start and, and made a, a game of it that was, it really was game on there for a while. But, yeah, just some really, really soft defence um, at, at the start um, of the game and, and, yeah, two weeks in a row that they've dug themselves a massive hole that they can't get out of. So, yeah, I mean, serious questions have to be asked because on paper they've got a, a reasonable squad there. Um, Christy, you were down in, down in Canberra for it. What was the mood around the, the Rebels camp? Oh, clearly Dave Vessels is trying to talk an OK game and, and get everyone up for it. But I, I was a little bit surprised that, that he didn't come down a bit harder on them. He, they, they were trying to talk about the positives and the fact that they came it is, back. It is only round two. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's only round two. So we, we really we can't throw them out just yet. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt that. And they're going to take the positives from a, a... It was a reasonable second half. And let's be honest, given that they lost Matt Tamua, uh, who talked to in a little while, um, to, to HIA, uh, Reese Hodge. They ended up having Billy Meeks there at 10, Frank Lamani out in the right wing, Ryan Lawrence returns at halfback. So their back line did an outstanding job in the second half, really, considering what they were down to. But they have been... like The, the combinations in the first half looked pretty poor. Uh, there was a lot of passes going back behind. The, it looked a little bit like the Wallabies in the last, like last year, particularly at the World Cup, with balls going behind um, the attacking line. Um, and and the forward pack, you really think has to work harder. Like that front row, if you compare them to the Brumbies and the, and the Reds, clearly they're just missing a, a fair bit of. Um, size and probably talent there and, and losing Geordie Ulysses just before the season started didn't help. Yeah, I guess what Dave Vessels will be clinging to is that the last couple of seasons they've started like a house on fire, the, the Rebels, and then faded late. So I think listening to some of his comments, they probably have approached the pre-season and mapped out the season slightly different. They're going to try and be peaking at the right time of the year. So I guess that's what they'll be clinging on to. But I think uh, Dave, well, well, Dave what, might have admitted afterwards he, yeah. he might have undercooked them slightly in, in pre-season, some of the big Yeah, ones. but only giving them 40 minutes, which I think people were surprised about. They ran a, blo- a, a team against the Brumbies that... Uh, sorry, their first, first match against the Reds that literally did not have one super rugby player mm. that was going to be making the, the 23 unit. And, and that's probably... Probably not enough, is it? To only give him 40 minutes uh, before season starts. Yeah, there, there is a bit of a, I guess, an uneven playing field at the moment. Every country and team do things slightly different. It's a big issue across the ditch as well with a lot of the senior All Blacks not, not even playing um, yet. They're getting a lot of criticism from Warren Gatlin. Tony Brown have come out and, and, and said really strong comments about, let why don't you trust us to, to manage our players? You know, we... we Care for the players as well. Um, it doesn't have to all be be from the top down. So not not even not even as um, uh, you know for for coaches' perspective, but also just from a fan's point of view. Like, feel like I'm getting ripped off. Not seeing guys like Bowden Barrett run around the 
around at You the don't moment. have to pay for your Foxtel, do you, Swaney? You're, <laughs> you're not getting too ripped off. <laughs> Mate, maybe I do. Maybe I do. The, the punters don't know that at home. Thanks for just... Div- That's the to... second person you've thrown oh, under the bus. I'm going to have to divulge that to the tax office now. <laughs> Jesus. ATO you, off my you, back, you can You can come down the street to my house and watch, mate, <laughs> if you get cut off. But... I'm feeling a bit ripped off um, in all seriousness. Yeah. Well, not seeing guys like that run around. Well, was it, wasn't this is supposed to be the best provincial competition in the world. Why aren't I getting to see the best players everywhere? The, the other aspect of how uh, the weekend had some good rugby in there, but how good was it to see Aaron Cruden back Yeah. Uh, and, and Damien McKenzie starting mm. again? The two of them, and even just having Warren Gatlin back in the competition, to have that name there, the figurehead, it's brilliant to see an international coach come back to provincial rugby. Yeah. No, it, it is good to see. Uh, the thing that grinds my gears the most is I can understand the <laughs> degree of rest, but it's it's when they're only guys are only allowed to play 40 minutes one game or 30 minutes or 50 minutes. Like, yeah, What's the point? It, it just doesn't seem like proper footy does it like these guys the, the players are out there in they're in the battle they they're fit guys and they're getting yanked yanked off because of you know someone in an office has has, has drawn up that stuff so i do actually agree with Warren Gatlin that if you've got good coaches there that you should be able to trust them to actually manage their players and you know they want what's best for their players as well surely 100% but before we get to the the rebels and the tars later on the brumbies this weekend it, like they they're talking or you know, they've clearly raced out of the blocks two couple of good wins um and they're up against the highlanders this weekend saturday night in canberra so that's a big one and and hopefully we see a crowd turn up there what can we expect against the highlanders yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be tipping the the, the Brumbies. Um, the Highlanders have probably had a similar um, pre-season and start to the season as the um, as as the Rebels. They had the, the buy in round one, which is um, you, you don't want to get the buy in round one. That, that that's a shocker, and they got ran off their feet by the the Waratahs as well in the pre-season. So, yeah, look, their, their whole game revolves around Aaron Smith, the Highlanders. If if they can find a way to to nullify him a bit, um, yeah, then I, then I think the the Brumbies will be too good. Yeah, Mitch Hunt. Um in a, a 10 for the Highlanders as well, coming across from the Crusaders, an interesting little inclusion. They were done and dusted by the, the Sharks on the weekend. Like the Sharks have been the real impressive starters. You, you tipped that on Friday afternoon walking out of the office. You called that one. Did I you have a, a, a small wager on that? Thank you for remembering, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sharks were paying three bucks. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, it was... A, uh, a complete performance from the Sharks. Like they're, they're well, they've got a good back line. Yeah, and and the, the Highlanders were, were certainly, I think, um, shocked by that. S- speaking of which, like the, the South African teams, they haven't rested anyone. Like they've been playing all their Springboks, and uh, and they're killing it. Most of those South African Storm teams. Storm has Stephen Kitts off. Yeah, your oh. mate, your mate, <laughs> the source head. Stormers and the Sharks. I think preseason. Um, you know, people were certainly talking up the Stormers, but the Sharks are right there as as well. So, yeah, it's great because we do need more genuine contenders for the title. I think if we, you know, I think the Brumbies are, a, you know, a, a realistic finals chance. The Stormers and the Sharks, the Crusaders and the the Chiefs and the Jaguars are probably the, you know, the five or six teams that are in with a real shout. So the last few seasons, it has been sort of a feeling of Crusaders and then daylight, hasn't it? So mm. it would be great to see these teams, um, yeah, ma- maintain their age throughout the season and, 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 and push them. That, that probably brings us to that maybe Crusaders-Chiefs game, which obviously the match of the... The round um, and, and a lot of people's eyes, and it, it lived up to the to the billing for the most part, Christy. Oh, didn't it? Um, I, I, it was one of those. Actually, all round, it was one of those ones where you didn't really know who a lot of the teams would win, and and I thought it, like the Chiefs did brilliantly to get back in that contest. I think the loss of Richie Moanga that was huge, and we could we could see that just the decision making, and and that and, and there's a bit of a lesson to be learnt there with. With well, you can see how why Australian rugby sides might struggle when you lose a few really competent tens because just the game management. We we saw Crude and McKenzie really boss it. Um, David Havili stepping in there replacing Mwanga. He he started really well, great first half an hour, but just couldn't be able to quite stem the tide in the, in the second half. Yeah, and that Warren Gatlin, I think, defensive um, mindset that he we obviously saw for Wales for so long, such a good defence, where we saw plenty of that structure ticker from them. And yeah. you sprinkle guys like McKenzie and and, um, and Cruden and Leonard Brown on top of that. You know, the, some talent that, that Gatlin, some of his Welsh teams, you know, renowned for their defensive ability and, um, and, and ticker and stuff. But yeah, add, add some of that X factor on top and he could really take take the Chiefs' places, couldn't he? So yeah, like you say, great, great to see um, rugby IQ like that. 
that back in the Southern Hemisphere because it has been a bit of a, a one-way street and, and export sort of um, competition recently. Stormers were the other victors on the weekend over the Bulls. They still haven't conceded a point, the Stormers. That's insane, yeah. We talk about defence, um, remarkable stuff. They they used to have that reputation, didn't they, the Stormers, for being that, that amazing defensive team and, and they've sort of flattered to deceive in the last few years. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're the real deal. Once again, um, you know, we haven't we haven't seen them, I guess, go on the road and be, be tested yet. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously clearly a terrific start to the comp. On that game as well, a huge crowd at Newlands stadium um, turned out like the probably the biggest crowd I've seen in a super rugby match for a long time was I right in hearing 27,000 yeah well it was it was a it was a big crowd like yeah that, that's count. something to almost celebrate because at the moment clearly the Waratahs had a, a record low yeah. and we'll come to that in a little bit but but even looking at Joe Berg at Ellis Park that was pretty that was a depressing state of affairs mm. when you literally yeah. can only see a couple of hundred people in, 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 in the entire stadium a lot of spring box on the field for um, the stormers and the bulls like it, it goes to show as well, when you win a World Cup, it kind of helps bring the people back, doesn't it? Yeah, well, they're certainly doing something right um, there at the Stormers. Obviously, they've got the yeah, Sia Khaleesi there and then help, you know, selling selling that story. Um, yeah, the, the Lions, unfortunately, struggled to <laughs> struggled to attract the punters and even over in Buenos Aires, that was a bit disappointing as well, you know, a team that's made it all the way to the final. So, mm. yeah, um, it's it's plenty of issues um, amongst the game, but it's important to celebrate the good ones like, like the Stormers at the moment. All right, well, we've jumped all over the shop a little bit at the start of this podcast, but why don't we get a, uh, a man on the phone who uh, knows what he's talking about. Um, you guys spoke to him a little bit earlier, Matt Tamua. Well, Matt Tamua joins us down in Melbourne. Uh, Matt, firstly, how are you feeling? Uh, head knock on, on Friday evening and, and it forced you to go off at half-time. So how are you, how are you shaping up ahead of uh, Friday's game against the Waratahs? Yeah, good, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, um, all, all good, mate. It was a little bit of a delayed kind of um, head knock on the weekend. Um, I actually passed all my tests on the sideline um, and then the change rooms, but then the footage stuff, I was a little bit slow to get up. So, um yeah, probably worse than it. It, it, it. It's you know, it's not as bad as it sounds, kind of thing. So um, yeah, I should be available this Friday. Yeah, but before we move on to the footy stuff, um, it, it is quite a interesting, I guess, um, part of the game that people um, there's a lot of debate about that people might not know about. But what what do you actually have to go through with that head injury assessment? And it has got a lot more professional around that side of the game, hasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it does. Uh, since I started, um, it was you all good. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, you yeah. keep going. <laughs> um, nowadays, you there's, I think there's an independent doctor there um, who will rule you out, and you've got a series of kind of tests, um, whether it be memory related, balance related, um, spelling, all these kind of things. Um, and then you can pass all that, but then you might fail the um, the video, uh, which is what happened with me. So I passed all the kind of cognitive stuff. Um, you know, saying the month backwards and things like that, and then um, ended up failing the uh, the video footage as uh, I think they had someone looking at it, and then um, after the tackles were slow to get up, and so that that's considered um, to be an instant fail. What's the feeling around the playing group around concussion and, and head trauma? Is it is it something that you know in the heat of the moment you're kind of frustrated because you you want to obviously be out there and playing and helping your team out, but has the understanding kind of really shaped people's thoughts and, and on on head trauma yeah definitely um it, it's it's um i don't know what the word is it's a bit more i guess accepted or um people understand um head trauma a little bit more um back in the day it was oh you can't on mate come on let's go um nowadays um you know it's still in the heat of the battle a lot of times it's come on let's go let's go um and and you kind of don't don't uh yeah, you kind of just get on with it a little bit in the game, um, which, you know, that, that'll change over time. But um, definitely now, you know, during the week, if someone's showing signs of something, you, the older guys and that would just be like, mate, sit out, it's not worth it. Um, whereas maybe back in the past, we weren't um, as well educated on those kind of things. Um, so it's definitely a, a, a progression. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, probably frustrating given it was your, your return to Canberra uh, to face your old club. Um, what was that like? preparing to face the Brumbies that you spent close to a decade with? 
Yeah, it was an odd day. Um, it was very, very weird flying in um, and then, you know, going to the the hotel um, in Canberra, which I don't think I've ever stayed in a hotel in Canberra, obviously, because I lived there. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was quite weird, um, but kind of got over it quickly, I guess, in a sense. Um, at the end of the day, once the game starts, it's kind of cool. You're just, you're just playing rugby. Um, but it was different, definitely, being on the uh, opposition side. Um, uh, certain little things like that, um, were, you know, took a little while to get used to, but um, it was nice. Camp was still a special place for me, so a lot, a lot of friends there. So, um, yeah, it was uh, nice to get back, um, albeit a, a loss, however. Yeah, I hope uh, Brumby Jack was nice to you. I'm sure, I'm sure he was. But, yeah, a, a frustrating start to the season for you guys, clearly. Um, so what, what's the review um, been been like out of that game? What, what, what's the, the talk around the group? Yeah, um, we didn't do ourselves any favours. Obviously, Brumby's got out to a really good start um, and I think it was a combination of us helping them, piggybacking them with our discipline and then uh, them executing well. So, yeah, it hasn't been the two weeks that we were hoping, uh, frankly. Um, we we did a lot of good things in the preseason um, in terms of our training and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, excuse me, we're still doing a lot of good things off the field, but we feel we'll come to fruition. It's just... Uh, yeah, we've got to piece it all together a little bit, which is uh, ultimately very frustrating because we know we are a lot better team than what we're um, we're showing out there on the paddock at the moment. So, um, you know, a good game against the Waratahs can can uh, you know set your season alight in a sense. So we we definitely need to um, we definitely need to put a good performance out there, which is um, you know, I guess it's uniquely a little bit early in the season to be you know saying things like that. But uh, yeah, it, it's time for us to perform. Yeah, slow starts. Uh clearly a bit of an issue is, is there anything you can put your finger on with that um a combination of a few things though like on the weekend it was clearly just it, it was discipline we were giving up so many penalties and it was just like against the brumbies with the more the set piece they've got um it's just so simple for them to to execute that way um the week before was was something else as well so um, yeah, it is something we've kind of addressed. It's one of those things where you, you don't want to put too much time into it in the sense that it, it can take away from other parts of the game. But, um, yeah, starting well and, and being you know, at parity or even above um, would be great uh, going into 20 minutes into the game as opposed to 24-0, which we were on the weekend. We'll get to the Waratahs and the 10-year anniversary for the Rebels in a, in a moment. But uh, Noel Alessio clearly... Um, did a, did a good job for the Brumbies on the weekend. What was it like squaring up against him? And, and just on the whole preparing and, and shaping up against all the young tens that Australian rugby's got across the other three franchises, what's that like being, you know, the, the older bloke going around and and, um, and, I, and I, I know for you, clearly you're wanting to, to wear the Wallabies jersey later in the year. Yeah, it's a little different. It's, um, it's weird being the older bloke but serving a nickname pup. Um, so it's quite <laughs> odd in that sense. Um yeah, look, there's a lot of lot of good guys. I think Noah did very well on the weekend. Um, I, it's it's one of those weird ones this time of year. Um, it, as much as you're looking forward to the, the individual matchups, it's very much about the team. So you, your feelings and that are dictated by uh, how, how the team goes in a sense. But in saying that, if you can play well and and, and win, then you know you, you're a pretty happy guy. So I'm sure he he's very happy um, after the weekend. They did very well, and um, he. He showed that he, he belongs in this competition as, as a lot of the other tens are, are shown at the moment. So yeah, it's an exciting time, I think, for Australian rugby, talking about new names. Um, it brings in an element of excitement for a lot of the fans and, um, yeah, it gives, gives a kind of renewed optimism for a lot of people. And what about your own partnership in the halves down there with, with Frank Lamani, um, obviously new to, to Super Rugby? Um, yeah, how's that coming along? Yeah, developing, I guess, look... It, when you're in the halves and you lose twice in a row, you you know you, you get a lot of the uh, you feel a lot of the heat because we are the ones directing the traffic out there. So it's um, look hasn't started how we wanted to. Um, frankly, it's um, didn't mean that pun. Um, <laughs> frankly, hasn't started how we wanted to. Glad you guys got it eventually. Um, you know, Ron, <laughs> it's not really one. Uh, anyway, Ron Ryan Lowndes has come in as well. Um, so we've we've got a good little bit of depth there, um, which has been good. Theo Strang as well, and um, Bobby Tuttle. Is um, come back from injury, so we've got got a good depth there at halfback, which is always going to be a um, big shoes to fill with Will Gagne leaving as well. So, um, yeah, uh, look, it, as I said, hasn't started the way we wanted to, but um, it's a very long season. Hopefully, um, you know, in a few months' time, if we're chatting again, it'll be a different story. 
So this weekend, the Tars, um, clearly it's a crucial one. Uh, I'm sure that the the Rebels will be up for it. You've only been at the club for a short time, but 10 years, it is a, it is a big thing for the Rebels and, and clearly you're wanting a big crowd there at Amy Park. Yeah, definitely. Um, I still remember watching the first game um, uh, 10 years ago and it was uh, it was obviously such a big moment when Melbourne got... Um, when Melbourne got the first professional team there, so and then to survive what happened a few years ago with the Western Force, I think it you know just adds to the kind of the story of the Rebels, which is great. And um, it's forever a battle down here trying to make an imprint on the sporting landscape in Melbourne. Um, but you know, games against games like this against the Tars and a good win go a long way in terms of uh, getting people um, attracted to the game. Yeah, it's, it's a club, I guess, still, well, clearly still trying to make that finals breakthrough and m- maybe in some ways still trying to find its identity and foothold like you talked to about. And you were at the Brumbies for so long and then Leicester as well. Like, how, I guess, would you sum up, um, you know, the, the Rebels culture and, and what needs to be done to, to sort of make that next next step? I know it's a big question and there's been a lot of turnover at the club, but, yeah, what, what sort of things, I guess, stick out about what the Rebels need to do in their, in their journey as a club? Yeah, I think that that last bit you said about um, there's been a lot of turnover. I think that's a big point. Um, you know, we've read a lot in terms of new CEOs and captains and coaches and all this kind of stuff. And it, you know, whilst it's ten years old, it's 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 pretty much been reborn every two years or something like that. So it, it's been a um, like tumultuous in a way kind of uh, start for the Rebels with, with you know like different I guess theories about how a team should be made. Do you do you buy a star-studded team? Do you develop from the bottom? Do you that kind of stuff, but I think um, you know the last few years are the best, um, most wins that the Rebels have recorded in a while, um, ever since its inception. So, I think that model of kind of building from ground up is is the way to go. Unfortunately, these days um, you need results um, to kind of keep people interested. Um, you need results to keep sponsors around, and so it is a little bit. Um, you know, people probably can get a bit frustrated that we're not, you know, performing. Um, as quickly as others would like. But, yeah, it's still very much in its infancy. Um, as you said before, I was, I was lucky enough to play at the Brumbies and at Leicester. Um, you know, Leicester have been around since 1880. Um, they've got you know, a massive history and all that, kind of, you know, plenty of premierships and plenty of titles. So coming here to Melbourne and, and creating our own kind of um, history from the start, you realise how young the club actually is and how long some of those... Um, yeah, you know, culture pieces and all that kind of take to embed in, in into the players and into the system. So um, it's something that will take time. Um, you know, hopefully we can kind of get that uh, finals duck off our back a little bit this year. Um, but obviously we we need to change a few things at the moment to the start that we wanted. Yeah, just in terms of some of that off-field and culture stuff, I know that there was a bit of a curry club brewing in the last couple of years, and a few cookies being baked and, and whatnot. <laughs> what is that? Is that still going on? What, what other what other things do you guys get up to uh, around Melbourne? I know you love your golf as well. Yeah, there's a big golf crew at the moment, which is good. Um, it's uh, there's it, it, it's different. Um, as I said, I've come from Canberra and, and Leicester, which are kind of small city um, or small teams. You know, small cities. Uh, and you, you're only 20 minutes away here. We've kind of got to work harder at kind of getting the guys together um, because you've, you've got guys catching trams, riding to work, and you've got guys, um, you know, a 90-minute drive or something like that. So I'm um, trying to trying to catch up weekly with, with guys and spend time. That way is a little bit different um, than it may have been, say, at the Brumbies. So it's something that we kind of work hard on, whether it be through, you know, coffees or dress-up parties or um, golf games, things like that. And, um, tomorrow we've got a little movie night like that so it's kind of um it is a little bit different something i'm not used to you kind of have to put put time in the in the schedule to actually work on those um those connections and those bonds with guys um especially in these big cities yeah fascinating the uh the, the dress-ups there I'll, I'll just i'll use my imagination and i hope does has reese hodge ever put a shirt on on any of these social occasions he likes to get the no. the, the rig out on instagram doesn't he he is he's um yeah, it's painful to watch, isn't it? He, uh, Cringeworthy. Yeah. Ever oh, it is cringe, unfortunately. But, yeah, he's one of those guys that you kind of mock him and he just doesn't – it doesn't bother him. So it's kind of quite hard to mock him because you don't get any response back. So, um, yeah, he is what he is. He's obviously a good fella. But, um, yeah, big fan of himself as well. Well, you guys pre-season spent a fair bit of time up in Sydney together, didn't you? Training a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so on the northern beaches there, we both would – Pretty much most days go for a, go for a run and then go for a hit at the golf. So um, it, it was good fun. Um, really enjoyed it actually. So uh, it's kind of his his neck of the woods. So he's shown me around a little bit, which is nice. 
Well, uh, speaking of showing around the neck of the woods, thanks for the coffee tip on, 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 on what was it, Friday before the game. So, no worries. Went down a treat. Uh, Matt, good to talk to you, good to catch up and go well on Friday night. Uh, clearly the Waratahs going down to Melbourne to face the Rebels at Amy Park. Get there. They'll be seeing, hopefully, Matty Tamur in action. Cheers for joining. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me, eh? Yeah, Matty Tamua there. Great chat. Always great on the uh, the banter. Oh, Matty Tamua with you blokes. Um, Rebels obviously haven't had the best start to the season. Uh, what are your thoughts? Where have they got to improve um, you know, massively against the Tars this week? Yeah, I think it is just um, you can question some of that effort and just sheer desire. I think um, that some of the missed mis- tackles early in that game against the Brumbies, whether it was mentally, um, they, they weren't quite at the races but yeah I, I think the, certainly just individual accountability there was a few um, one-on-one missed tackles that they'll be very disappointed about so yeah just just a, a harder edge I, I, I guess and it's going to be desperate desperate times for both of these teams isn't it after 0-2 starts Yeah well being spoken of as a dance of the desperates it, it, you, you never really like that kind of phrase but it, it is somewhat I think whoever shows the desperation we heard Rod Kafer in the commentary call with the Newcastle uh, game up with the with the Tars and the Blues question you know how quick they were and noticed a few guys not getting to the ruck as quick as they, they could or in back play getting into position those things that are kind of you take for granted they've got to excel at both of those those two sides because uh, neither of them are playing particularly great rugby at the moment. Yeah, well, the Tars, uh, that performance in Newcastle, I'll tell you what, where would they be without Michael Hooper? Yeah. yeah. He's an absolute everywhere man and was again on Saturday night. For a lot of those tries, he was the last man chasing at the end. Yeah, and just going back through, a, a, a through pe- it before Phil Kearns, I think three... Tackles back to back, he yeah. picked up on and that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think breakdown pressure—it's an area of the game that he gets called out for. But he does actually. He might not necessarily win a turnover, but he's always there making nuisance of himself as well. People will go, oh, okay, well, why is he on the wing there and the last man there? But if you actually look at it a couple of times, he's not—he's not the last man on the wing defending. He's sprinting there and covering other guys and getting into the position. Like, the bloke is just—he is the, got the best engine in Australian rugby. Yeah, I, I think the Tars would be stuffed with him, <laughs> in all honesty. He was unbelievable again in a losing team on, on Saturday night. Um, well, speaking of the wing, uh, why don't we get another one of their wingers on the line? It's great to chat to Alex Newsom. Waratah's winger and all-round good bloke, Alex Newsom. Alex, welcome to the Fox Rugby Podcast. G'day, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No problems at all, mate. Uh, Newcastle on uh, on Saturday night probably wasn't the the best result for you guys. Uh, what, what's been the wash up for you blokes um, in the in the team meeting? Yeah, it was disappointing for us. Um, you know, it was, it was one of the um, it was our first home game of the year and a fixture that we're very much looking forward to. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a review this morning actually. Um, there's a few things that we're disappointed with. We're um, still probably um, turning the ball over a bit too much for the second week in a row. Um, you know, we're creating some good attacking chances, but then um, the knock-ons and some kick selection there probably um, inhibited us from, from scoring some points, particularly in that first half. Um, so that was the main things we looked at this morning. Yeah, did um, who, who led the review? Like, uh, obviously, Phil Bailey defensively, um, you know, plenty, plenty of work for, for him to do. But can you just talk us through, I guess, who, who, were, who were driving the messages today and, and, and yeah, what, what some of those uh, big work-ons are this week? Yeah, so um, the way our reviews work, obviously Rob leads that, um, being the head coach, and um, uh, Wits looks after our attacking staff, which Rob, um, and then obviously um, Bales looks after the D staff with Rob as well. So, um, yeah, it was a, a few corrections um, this morning. Um, I think from an attacking point of view, um, the last couple of weeks, we've been creating some good, some good, um, some good plays that, that gets us down into the opposition 22. Um, just talking about our options there, and and just talking about being patient um, and giving our giving our, ourselves the chance to build phases, um, as opposed to trying, um, suppose, create that miracle play um, through a kick or a, or an offload that we might have we might have been trying to do on the weekend. Um, and then a few things with Bales um, and and Robert defensively, uh, we've got a, a slightly new system from last year um, with working with those two guys, so. 
um, yeah, just a few corrections in terms of getting some good width in our line and, and, and some dominant contact. Yeah, Alex, can you just talk us through that uh, change that you've you've had to have? Clearly, the Ford's coach, defence coach, and, and head coach have all departed in the off season, and Phil Bailey only joined what at the start of or midway through January, really. So, what are the actual changes that like you've had to go through, and and, and the defensive changes uh, that that you've you've changed and tweaked since uh, Steve Tandy left? Yeah, um, well, there's been a few things. I was, I was saying to someone the other day, the whole, um, not only obviously the uh, the playing roster had a bit of a turnover, but since I first came to the Tars a few years ago, um, the whole coaching um, staff has changed. Um, so defensively, um, obviously Steve Candy, um, he left to take up a gig with Scotland. Um, so there's a few, Rob had some different ideas about, um, you know, playing with two fullbacks and, um, different stuff with the role of role of the nine in our system. Um, so there's been a few adjustments there uh, in terms of backfield stuff and and um, just just guys just getting getting combinations with with um, so who's going to be inside and outside of them on, on their respective edges and um, a few things with the ruck defence as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's a work in progress. I think um, we we had a really good defence. Uh, last year with Stevie, um, and then just a few things, which was trying to be really efficient this year, um, and try and, and try and not give the opposition um, as much space to kick or run to um, this year. Um, but yeah, there was obviously some lapses on the weekend um, that, that we're working to fix. What about uh, young Mark uh, Nawanganitawase? Uh, Alex, a bit of concern over him. Of course, he's made such an exciting start to, to Super Rugby, um, but the early reports that he's he's all good. Will, will he be in the in the mix this week? Do you think? I think so, mate. I saw him today. Um, I saw him today. I think he's got to go through his return to play protocols, so hopefully he's available for. Us. But um, yeah, he's a talent, isn't he? He, um, he can certainly find a line. He's a he's a try scorer, um, which is something that we. Uh, we're looking for. So he's been a valuable contributor um, to our team so far and he's a good guy. He's, um, he's a quirky character. So, yeah, he's a good fellow to have around the group. But um, it's, it's exciting to watch him um, and a few of the other young guys step up and, and contribute at the super level as, as he has done the last couple of weeks. Can I just say, Sammy Worthington, that was great pronunciation there of uh, of Mark there. Alex, what about yourself? Can you, can you say his last name and, and how does the actual squad go with saying it? Well, it took me a while when he first came. I think the Tar Socials had a bit of a buddy, pretty Mickey, and a few of the other boys trying to pronounce it. But I think it's Nwanga Nitawaze. Mate, you nailed um, it. That's it. perfect. You're going to nailed take, it. Yeah, yeah, take yeah. Swainy's job in a moment. Well, mate, I've, I've had to say it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I did the 20s World Cup last Gotta year. Got to get that little nip in there halfway through the last one. Absolutely, mate. No, you nailed it. Well played. <laughs> Mark's the bit I struggle with normally. <laughs> Stuff that occasionally. Just, just Marky Mark is what he cops around. Yeah. Up HQ anyway. So I'm sure you both can... Can run with that as well. Have I pronounced that quite correctly? Um, yeah, the uh, Rebels this week, uh, Alex. So you guys take on the Rebels down there at Amy Park. Uh, they haven't had the best start to the season either. So someone's O is going to go, uh, as they say. Um, how? What are you expecting from from those guys? Yeah, well, obviously, you know these derby games are always um, very important games in terms of the conference um, and getting points on the board, but. There's obviously a lot of feeling in them as well. Um, like a lot of a lot of guys know each other. Um, but yeah, like the Rebels got a good 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 side. There, you know, a lot of quality players, a lot of Wallabies in there. Um, so I know they haven't had the greatest start to the season, but uh, I'm sure they're going to be fired up for this one. So, uh, yeah, we have to play well. That's for sure. And Alex, uh, just before coming on air with us, you mentioned uh, you live with a few of your teammates. Um, you got the pleasure of uh, shacking up with them. Can you just, uh, for the listeners, run us through who, who you live with and um, you know what what that in, entails? There's some interesting characters in, in the mix. Uh, watching a bit of Netflix okay. at the moment. Yeah, they were just watching um, something on the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, so <laughs> I live with Jake Gordon, um, Lockie Swinton, and Mitch Short, and then another one of our mates. Deco Donahue, so he's he's the muggle of the of the group. Um, he, he's a he's a two short, so he's, he's a nine to five in the city, but he he maintains a good balance uh, to the household. Yeah, nice yeah, one. A few uh, few Sydney uh, Uni boys there, uh, Alex. 
Yeah, I know. I won't hold that against him. It's, uh, try to look past that, so. <laughs> Lockie Swinton's pretty famous in these parts for putting a, a big hit on Christy Doran at preseason yeah, uh, last, last year. It was last year, Alex, so I can only just got my memory back. So if the, if, if the boys, he might have been on commission from a few bugs, mate. I'll hold it against him. He seems like the couple guy. He'd do that to anyone, though, wouldn't he? He he loves a bit of contact. Yeah, he's trading around here with his shirt off with them. <laughs> no, he's um. <laughs> Yeah. They give me a bit of grief from back at me. Um, nah, yeah, he's a he's um he's a tough customer. So yeah, you're not the only one, Christy. I think he's, as you've seen the last couple of weeks, he carried both the shoulder, felt his wrath as well. In, indeed, in, in all seriousness, jokes jokes aside, um, the the four of you living there, what's it like? The feeling though, when you have a performance like on the weekend, when you, when you don't quite get it right and you, and you have a, a loss. Oh, mate. It's disappointing, like, you know, it was, a, it was a long car trip back to Newcastle to that much Saturday night. Um, you know, obviously, it's, um, you know, same as anything. It's uh, we're obviously disappointed, but at the same time, we're best mates. So, you know, you get back and, you know, you watch the game, review the game together, and then you move past it and try to um, have a bit of fun, enjoy enjoy your Sunday, and, uh, and then knowing that, you know, there's going to be plenty of footy chats throughout the week, so... Mm. You know, we, we, we obviously talk a fair bit of footy at home because we all love it and, and bounce off each other, which which I enjoy doing. Um, we'll come home every afternoon and hook the laptop up to the TV and watch training, um, which is which is always a bit of fun and good for each other's learning. Um, yeah, at the same time, it's it's, uh, it's good to switch off as well. Yeah, 100%. Mostly just taking, taking the piss out of Swinno. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hey, uh, Alex, you're a proud Glenn Innes boy as well. Um, you guys are taking a game up to Tamworth later in the season. Uh, firstly, did you get any rain over the weekend up there? We did, actually. Um, January's been very good for us. I think I was speaking to Mum on the weekend. Since about Christmas time, I think we've had more rain in that sort of month and a half than we have for the whole of 2019. So, oh, fantastic, um, mate. Amazing. Yeah, it's been a great, great start to the new year. That's cool. Oh, fantastic, mate. And you guys are going to Tamworth. You're, you're kind of, you're a bit of, going to be New South Wales nomads this year, but uh, a, a taking game, uh, a super rugby game, regional like that, um, you know, how proud does that make you? Oh, I can't wait for it. Um, I think I was up there at the Armadale Junior Rugby Camp a few weeks ago and that's all anyone at the camp and around the around the community in Armdale could talk about. And it, the game's not even it's obviously in Tamworth and not for a, wasn't for another couple of months back then. But um, yeah, I think it's great the fact that we can take that sort of level of rugby out to the regional areas. And as you say, it's, it's the first and, and probably the last time that um, you know a super rugby game would get taken out there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to get out there and engage with the community. I think obviously. As a lot of re- regional areas have had a tough time over the last couple of years, so um, it'll be great to great to give them something to come into town and, and cheer about, and hopefully we get a good turnout. Oh, let's let's hope it's not the last time it's there because it, clearly it's it's important that the game continues to get spread around. How how like you've just mentioned there that it's it's great to have it. Uh, going to have a game there against the Bulls um, in Tamworth in a couple of months' time, but but uh, you know spreading it right across New South Wales really well well more than ever before anyway that must make just the team feel pretty proud about doing that for the first time. Yeah, for sure. I think you know we did a few member callouts um, about a month ago, and a lot of our Sydney members, you know, understandably unhappy about um, you know where our home games are headed and the fact the SFS is been, you know, taking so long, but, you know, they've got to remember that we're not like an NRL team and um, have our um, little jurisdiction, like we're a state state club and um, we've got members all across the state, so I think it's really, really exciting for us to be able to take take our games, you know, whether it be Wollongong or Tamworth or Newcastle, um, to places that, yeah, as you mentioned, haven't, haven't quite um, had that level of footy there and, and hopefully, you know, introduce some, some um, new people to the game as well and, and grow our member base. So I think it's a really good opportunity for us over the next year or two um, to, to grow our to grow our, our member base member base and promote the game of rugby as something else. So 
yeah, it's a great opportunity, I think. Yeah, long may it continue, mate. Uh, look, all the best this weekend against the Rebels, and, uh, mate, we wish you all the best as well. Thanks for, jo- thanks for joining us on the uh, Fox Rugby podcast. Thanks, so It's been a pleasure. Yeah, great to chat to Alex Newsom there uh, and I and, uh, hope he's um, enjoying his time with the boys in that household. And How good is it? I, I loved that little bit of insight there, actually, of, of Newsom talking about the fact that they go back, analyse the games a little bit. Or watch training as watch well. Watch training. Like, yeah. they're, they're things that you wouldn't necessarily think of, particularly when you've got four guys there that are pretty young, all of them. Yeah, it's, um, it'd keep you accountable, wouldn't it, if you're living with the bloke and they, they see you um, slacking off at, at, at training. It's um, yeah, a good, good way to keep each other accountable. And, yeah, yeah they must, I'm sure they've got a few uh, few fine systems in place, probably doing the dishes if you miss a tackle at training or something. So sit and have to watch some Wu-Tang Clan. Ch- chances <laughs> of paying, paying someone? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, boys, what else is making news this week? Six Nations, um, so wins for England, for France and for Ireland over the weekend. Uh, did anyone catch uh, Ellis Genge in the post-game for England? Yeah, he's a great character, isn't he? And he got um, a, a bit of um, slack after that, the the kind of class wars in England that you get for, you know, the so-called council um, estate boy <laughs> people complaining that he was drinking beer, but he shot them down pretty pretty quickly on, on Twitter, which was great to see. So, yeah, he's, he's clearly a, a good personality to, to, to keep in the game. And, um, yeah, there was, it, was, it was great bands. Plenty of news um, up, up north this weekend. Yeah, well, that was clearly the big one. Ireland uh, with an impressive victory over... Over Wales as, as well? Yeah, what about the Welsh, um, just in general, the Welsh, like the knives are out already for Pivak. Like he's, he's two games in and there, there there was a lot of people blowing up about the Welsh performance. Like surely there's a bit of grace for a new coach. You'd like to think so. They, they do have, um, I guess, big shoes to fill, don't they? Wayne Pivak with Gatlin there and then, of, of course, um, Andy Farrell taking over from Joe Schmidt. So, yeah, you, you'd like to think a common sense will prevail. But Wales, they're such a proud, passionate rugby nation that um, in a way it is a, it is a good thing that they that they care and, and there is that an accountability there as well um, but yeah clearly the Welsh Rugby Union aren't, aren't about to go second. This Six Nations is, is pretty wide open though yeah. clearly Ireland and France the only unbeaten sides at the moment after the French beat England as well in, in the first match but with England scraping past Scotland over the weekend it's it's pretty interesting and, and horrendous conditions mind yeah you. Yeah, 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 certainly. But the, probably the biggest news out of all of it was it was the revelation that uh, out of the Daily Mail that that, that uh, South Africa could be exploring the route of, of, of joining the Six Nations and thereby making it a Seven Nations competition. Can I just ask the question to you, blokes? Like, if this is the best thing to do, why not just do it now? Why, why do we have to wait? Yep. yep. It's, uh, well, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. Do you want to see it happen? Do you? Well, the, uh, <laughs> like if if uh, if all the well, nor, the nor is Eddie Jones. Yeah. By the way, he made some interesting comments um, uh, post game for the for the England victory. You know, saying number one, um, you know, the history that the Six Nations has is what one of its great strengths. Um, play, play, particularly like the, the French and, and England and, you know, Ireland. And, La Cranche. Yeah, England, Scotland, England, anyone basically. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but even the idea of, um, of d- perhaps diluting the competition, spreading it too far and wide, we, we, we know with Super Rugby some of the struggles that it's had is to, to, to kind of, you know, continue to tinker and, and try to um, expand, expand, expand and, and perhaps to the detriment. So... But uh, I did enjoy the comments that he made about, you know, winning a Six Nations is actually harder than, than a World Cup. Um, he might have said that given that... Uh, well, he didn't that, win that a World he, Cup, That he's he? lost <laughs> two World Cups and he's now won uh, two, two Six Nations. Yeah, I guess all of this um, messy stuff just uh, rams home that what a missed opportunity it was with the World Test Championship and not, yep. not trying to get a, a... not being able to get a global um, schedule nutted out. I understand it's very difficult, but, yeah, sadly... Um, um, everyone in the end just threw their hands up and said, "Put it in the two hard baskets." So, yeah, they're the they're the issues though going forward, and why you can't do it now is the logistics behind it. It would be a complete, you know, you can't just do that because you've got South Africa that's already said that they're with Sansa and and a broadcast deal. Um, South Africa's already locked into Sansa for the next five years, whilst Australia hasn't. South Africa and New Zealand have. So, um, yeah, clearly that's that's the number one issue. Why? 
Yeah, there's, that is messy at the moment, isn't it? Japan, um, you know, they're, they're getting linked to both um, the Rugby Championship and the Six Nations as well. You, you've got Georgia there in the background. You wonder why Italy seemed to have a guaranteed seat at the table. Well, are they really bringing that much to it, Italy? So, yep, it's um, it's 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 just a shame that um, we can't get a, a more cohesive, um, I guess, global calendar going at the moment. Yeah, all right. Well, that's going to unfold over the next little while, I would think. Uh, fellas, thanks for joining us. We've got Blues Crusaders to kick off Friday this weekend, so that's going to be an absolute ripper. Uh, I'm sure you'll both be watching that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, clearly we're going to be working this way, so there's, there's no, doubt about, no doubt about it, but let's hope that my tipping uh, can go better next week. It was a disaster. Doran and disarray. Yeah. Doran out. There we go. All right, I'm off to have a beer with Ellis Genge. I'll see you guys later. <laughs>